You know, there is a long-standing monkey snare that has been used from the beginning of time and still is used today for people, who hunters, who want to catch and capture monkeys in the wild. They know how to get them. What they do is they take coconuts and they tie these coconuts to a tree or something that's steadfast. And then they cut a hole just big enough for the monkey to stick their hand into it. And then they put something tasty and good within that coconut. And then they just wait in hiding. And then the monkeys slowly but surely find the coconut with the fruit inside. They go and they see the yumminess that's in the coconut and the cravings that they have for what's in there and they just cannot withstand it. They want the craving of their heart and their stomachs and they want what's in that coconut. And then they do this. They simply just reach their hand in and grab it. But here's the problem. The hole is not big enough that once their fist is clenched, they cannot remove their hand out of the coconut. But guess what? Their craving for what is within that coconut is so strong that they won't let go. They will not let go. Even when the trap, those trying to trap them who have bad intentions for them come out of their hiding spots and come get to the monkey, the monkey still is there squealing and wailing and screaming and it could very easily just let go of the fruit and get out of there, but it won't because the cravings are just too strong. It won't let go. Does that remind you of anybody? Maybe you? Maybe all of us? Is there something in your life that you crave so desperately that figuratively speaking, you're clutching so tightly that you just won't let go of it? You just don't surrender it. You don't see the danger anymore that's all around you. Even when the danger comes out of hiding, you don't see it because your desire for what's in there, your craving is so intense that you just don't let go. You know, we don't have to be trapped like that monkey. Our cravings do not have to be the end-all, be-all of who we are. We can pursue more. God has blessed us with the ability to look at the bigger picture and to reason with the surroundings that we are, with cravings that we have in our heart. But unfortunately, unfortunately, we get so blinded by our longing to have that thing that we want, the cravings within our own heart, that we forget to simply trust God and his plan, to reason with God and to see what he has for us. And then like that poor monkey out in the wild that's gotten so blinded by its surrounding that the cravings are so intensified in its stomach and its heart that it simply just won't let go. We all too often allow our desires of our own hearts to overpower us away from the freedom that God has for us. The freedom that he wants to give to us. And I feel that so often, too many of us are just so consumed with the cravings within our own heart. We hear the message. We we know God's plan God has something better for us. But if I can just humbly speak into your heart, 
I think because some of us have become so enticed by our own cravings, whatever that may be, we become so infatuated with it. Like the monkey, we're holding on so tightly. Satan begins to do his job, and his job is this. We begin to um, reason with our cravings, and we begin to see, well, I can picture how if I go this path, it can work out. And we start to believe that in our hearts and our minds so much so that Satan hardens our heart that we don't even see how God's plan could work out anymore. The mountains that are so big that we sang about, we don't even see how God can move those mountains and we miss out on the reality of God's plan and his path for us. And we think this craving is everything we hoped it to be, that it will fix and fulfill everything we have inside that we want to get. Just like that monkey, I am so hungry hungry for this that I can't let it go even though it will be the death of me. And we hold so tightly that we miss out on God's promises and we forget some of the truths that God gave us in the Bible that he provided for us to help us to get through. Truths like this, it's not on the screens but hear me out. Truths like this, you are fearfully and wonderfully made by the creator of all. Psalm 139. Um, it's not about what you do, it's about who you connect with and that God so desperately loves us that he sent his son to die for us, a sacrifice, a gruesome death for us even while we're making poor choices, Romans 5.8. We forget the promise that God, Jesus said, what seems impossible to man is possible with God, Luke 18. We forget about the promise that Jesus told us that he is the God that can move mountains if we have faith just as small as a stinking mustard seed. We forget those promises. Why? Because we become so consumed with our own cravings. We become so consumed with our own heart. And these are just some of the reminders all throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation that the God of the creator of everything that it is has given to us that we so often neglect and forget because we become so more focused on ourselves rather than him. And like the monkey, we have these clenched fists on something within our own heart that the craving is just so intense. And there's no better time than right now to finally let go what's holding you back, to let go of those clenched fists and embrace Jesus. Embrace what he has for you. But here's the struggle. Our hearts are controlled by what we crave. Just be honest with yourself for just a moment. Your heart is so often controlled by what you crave. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 12, verse 34. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We're all treasure hunters, trying to find the very thing that our hearts desire. And so often this life is a journey, trying to wander through this world, trying to attach ourselves to the very cravings of our own heart that we often don't even realize what we're about to walk into. 
You know, we know what's in our hearts by what comes out of our mouth, our words and our actions. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. You cannot deny this. You cannot run away from it. You cannot hide it. What is in your heart you reveal every single day by your words and by your actions, by the person that you are. And the cravings just consume us. Your cravings control you. And here's another scary thing with this, another layer to this. The devil uses your cravings of your own heart against you. Every single day, there is a battle for your heart. And Satan's using the snare of your heart against you. He's using against you. You know what makes the monkey snare so effective? Makes it so work? It's because those trying to trap the monkey knows its desires. It knows ultimately what the monkey wants. It knows that when the monkey sees what it wants, its stomach will rule out its mind. You ever hear the phrase, stop thinking with your stomach, right? And so often we live our lives thinking with our stomach. We think with our own heart that we lose the ability to see what God has for us. And the monkey saw what was yummy in that coconut. And it became stronger than this ability to even reason with the reality that, oh no, if I would just let go, I could get it out. If I would just let go, that guy's about to hit me over the head with that stick. I don't have to have that. I can get out of here. But it can't see that anymore. All it sees is, I can't let go of this. And so often in our life, we struggle with the same thing. Whatever it may be, we're all equal in the same fact that we have a craving within our own heart that we can't let go of. It's just a matter of what is that for you? What is the craving that is in your heart? It's time to be honest. Have you clenched so tightly to it that you just can't let go? You know, my heart wants it. It looks good. Uh, let's, let's just go after it. And this is the common mindset. But the Bible over and over again says to guard your heart. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. The, the, the Old Testament writings that's known for its wisdom for us. It's written, above all else... Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart, because everything you do flows from that. You know, physically speaking, our heart is the muscle at the center of our circulation system. I mean, you know, this, this is basic stuff we all learned in, in elementary science class, okay? It, it takes stuff in and it sends out nutrients and oxygen all throughout our body. And our body needs all this stuff in order to survive. And the heart also aids in carrying out all the unwanted carbon uh, dioxide and the waste products that's within our body. It's like a filtration system for our body. Bringing junk or taking out the junk and sending out the good stuff. But your heart's effectiveness is based upon what you bring in. And the more we bring in bad stuff physically into our body, the weaker our heart gets and the less effective it is. 
Because our body ultimately becomes what your heart pumps out. And the same is true spiritually. You know, one thing I really find really amazing about the Bible, just another layer of proving the reality of God, the creator of everything that is. You know, even before mankind in the science world knew anything about the heart, before we knew how biology worked and flowed together, thousands of years before that even came into reality in our thinking of biology, God's word spoke biology throughout the scriptures. And here we see God revealing himself and and using the symbolism of the heart and how the heart works for the spiritual self of of our life. You know, the writer here is using that analogy to speak truth into our life. Our spiritual heart becomes what we take in. And your spiritual heart is the lifeblood of who you are spiritually. It provides your spiritual self. It guides you. It directs you. And you become, Jesus said, what you take in. You know why? Because it will either help your heart become strong or it will weaken your spiritual heart, decay it, and destroy it. Just like what happens uh, physically. The same thing happens spiritually. What that is, is your influences. What you surround yourself with. What you take into your mind affects your heart, affects your words, your actions, your cravings. Everything is based upon what you take in. And the author of Proverbs says, above all else, your number one priority in life is to guard your heart. That's your number one priority. What's God's will in my life? To guard my heart from the influences that will pull me away from him. That's his number one will for your life. Everything else flows from that. And when we don't guard our heart, then our cravings consume us and the devil uses those cravings against us. We become no different than the monkey holding on to that thing in the coconut. We just don't let go. And the Bible says in Proverbs 14 that there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. You know, there is a way that seems right. There is a way you may think it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it's not that big of a problem. What difference does it make? But the Bible is very specific. You can say that, you can believe that all you want, but in the end, it's not going to be good. In the end, it leads to death. And here's the struggle. Oftentimes, we don't even realize the dangers of our cravings until the damage is already beginning to take place. Moments when it is so hard just to let it go. It becomes so deep within our hearts. You know, the monkey. So often I see those videos of those monkeys in those trapping situations. I'm thinking, how can they not see the danger? Why don't they just let go? It's so obvious. But let's be honest with ourselves. We lose the sense of obvious when the cravings become so intense. The more we consume ourselves with it. And the Bible says that sometime, because of our cravings, we lose our senses. 
but we need to guard our hearts. Paul writes this to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2. And they will come to their, he, the hope is that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive, captive to do his will. Our hope is that we'll come to our senses that this craving, whatever it may be for you, is not what it's portraying to be. That God has a better plan for you. And how does the devil use those cravings of the heart to destroy us, to pull us down? How does he make them so intense in our life that we become so blinded to his truth and his reality that we've lost the sense and the ability to even reason with what is right and wrong? Well, he intensifies it and then he makes the cravings into our idols. Psalms 106 says they worshiped their idols, which became a snare to them. You know, we don't necessarily bow down to the golden calf anymore. We don't bow down anymore so often to the statue that, the, that Nebuchadnezzar made. But you know what we do bow down to? Our own cravings. The things that consume us. The things that overtake our heart and our life. You Maybe not physically you're bowing down on the ground, but spiritually, emotionally, everything you are begins to bow down to those cravings. Your cravings become your idol. What is an idol? An idol is anything that takes the place of God being the priority of your life. That's an idol. And if we're honest with ourselves, every one of us struggles with an idol at some level in our life. I do. We all do. Let's just be real. What's the idols in your life? What are the cravings that have become so strong that you no longer can see God at work? You can no longer realize God's path for you. The other way that the devil works within your cravings to pull you away to, and, and use your cravings against you to miss out on the heart of God is the fear of man. Proverbs 29 verse 25 says this, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. You know, we are people driven. God wired us relationally. The devil knows how we, are, how we operate. He knows how God has hardwired us and he knows the cravings of your heart. And if we don't guard our heart, he will use all those things against you. He will begin to use your cravings against you. And he knows that we are created to be relational beings. So then he will say, hey, all right, so I will begin to help you to push good influences out of your life and pull in the bad influences in your life because we're so hardwired to be relational then we get, don't even realize the bad influences in our life that uh, by and large are peer pressure and we think peer pressure is just a teenage thing no it's not you never outgrow it let's be honest adults we struggle with peer pressure too at work in the community on the sidelines of our sport of our kids sporting events wherever it may be we often succumb to peer pressure the influences of those around us to make poor cho choices and then you throw in the layer of pop culture and and what 
the pop culture views are, and then even the threat of persecution. Thankfully, in this country, we have not really dealt with persecution like what's going on in Afghanistan for the, for the church right now. You know, the church are being martyred in Afghanistan as we speak in this moment in other parts of the world. We have not experienced that yet in this country, but even the fear of man through persecution. And so Satan will use our hardwired sense of relationship of relationships against us. Why? Because we've lost sight of God because our cravings have become so intensified that then he then brings in the influences to surround ourselves with that, you know what? These people kind of agree with the cravings that I have in my heart and it sounds right. It seems right. It feels right. It just, I don't see any other way and we give in to that and then before you know, Satan begins to win the battle of your heart. And the devil does a pretty good job using our cravings and then surrounding influences around us, against us, holding on so tightly to what we want that we miss out and we lose sight of who God is. The God who said what we, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The God who said, I loved you so much that even while you were still sinners, I sent my son to die for you. The God who says what is impossible to man is possible with God. The God who says, I can move mountains if you just have faith as small as this mustard seed. That same God, we begin to lose sight. That's the devil's work in your heart. He does it so secretly, quietly, and deceptively. But I want to pursue more. How about you? There's more to this life. There's more to what God has in this world. Pursuing more is to acknowledge that Jesus is the creator of all. That he has more for my life. That what he provides is greater. I may not always be able to see it, but it's greater than what I am clenching onto so tightly. And it may be difficult to see all that. But the devil is a fierce component. And I acknowledge that it's not an easy path. It isn't. You know, when we involve in sin, it is never an easy path. It never seems right. You know, well, it may be easiest and the most, it may not be the easiest. It, may, it is the most fulfilling. It's the most rewarding. And I acknowledge that to pursue more is not to say, you know what? I'm going to make that decision today and tomorrow I'm going to wake up and my world's going to be different. It's going to be better. It's not going to work that way. It takes effort on your part the same way that Jesus made an effort to come into this world to die for you, he's asking for you to do some too, to take a step towards him. You see, to pursue more is to make a deliberate choice, a definite denial of those cravings in your heart and a determined obedience. Here's the harsh reality. You will get tested. Satan's not gonna back down. He's not going to give up on this battle. As long as you have a breath of life, he's not going to give up on the battle of your heart. But here's the great truth. Jesus said, you follow me, you win. You win. So how do we pursue more? How do we protect ourselves and step away from the devil's snares. Now, if you're a note taker, here's something to start taking some notes on. 
Okay, you can go on to version. You can follow the notes there. Um, if you just look under the events and find us there, or you can, in-house, in you can grab one of those pieces of paper. But here's some very easy steps that the Bible provides how we can take steps towards the heart of God and, and walking away and not being overwhelmed by the devil's snares. The first is this, be on guard. Have we said anything about guarding our hearts yet today? If there's one thing that sinks in, I hope you, it sinks in that the number one priority, the Bible says, is to guard your hearts. The Bible consistently and constantly from Genesis to Revelation talks about the importance of guarding your hearts. It's written again in 1 Peter 5. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We sometimes neglect our prayer life. We fail to get into God's word. And when this happens, we begin to walk away. That's what happens. It happens slowly and subtly. You know, how's your prayer life? How's your time with Jesus? How often do you just stop and get into God's word? That's why this rooted experience is, is so important. It's an opportunity to go into community and experience the heart of God. Like I said, you don't want to miss out the rooted experience because it's, it's an opportunity to take steps more closer to the heart of Jesus in that community to experience him more. You know, and because we don't spend time in God's word and we're praying, sometimes we lose our courage. We begin to lose our courage to to those friends who are outside the Christian faith who, and we allow other influences then to penetrate our heart and our minds and we give way to the old life and then we become victims of Satan's snares. And to be alert and of sober mind is to guard our life. How do you guard your life? You guard your devotional time. You guard your prayer time. <clears throat> you guard your time with being surrounded by good godly influences in your life. You don't isolate yourself away from God and from others. And then you simply tell us Satan to back off. You know what the Bible tells you? He gets, he, the Bible tells us if we just tell Satan to back off in the name of Jesus... God says he's got to back off. Satan has nothing against the name of Jesus. He can't stand against it. But the more you separate yourself and isolate yourself away from God, the more Satan can influence you. The more he separates you from the light. And so we need to be on guard. Secondly, we need to resist the devil. Resist him. Stop thinking with your stomachs stop thinking with your cravings you know one of the craziest stories i've ever heard about gps systems are people who get so focused on the gps system that they drive off the road they drive they turn onto um, railroads and drive down railroads why because the gps told me to ever read stories like that it's true and you think what were you doing and I think so often we become that. We become the, G, the GPS, the, our hearts become the GPS of our life. And then we don't even think about what we're doing anymore. Why did you go down this way? Well, because my heart led me that way. That's what I wanted to do. And before you know it, you cross over the line towards God. You know, you've heard me tell this before, but you know, so often life is like a line. And here we are on this line. And through life we have, it's a journey. The journey is God's over here, 
and Satan and his messages are over here. You know, and it's like, well, if this line is sin, well, what point do I really go too far that I cross that line? And can I just gently say that when you ask that question, your heart is already being broken down by the reality of God and by Satan's snares. Because our question is not, how much more can I get away with before I sin that I can still have God's blessings in my life? We're missing it because the more you step away from God, the more you miss out on his blessings. The more you miss out what he wants to provide for you and the more you corrode spiritually and you begin to experience what Satan has. Our life is about how can I be more in the relationship with Jesus? How can I be more closely connected with him? What can I do today to be more connected with him? That should be the questions that we are asking. The Bible says in James 4, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. We live in a world that despises authority. And that's become a problem. And here's the problem. We've become so blinded in the reality that we are submitting to an authority one way or the other. You are. By your cravings in your own heart, you are either submitting to the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life or you are submitting to the devil's influences. There is no other. And the Bible says to guard our hearts, to guard our hearts and to resist the devil. And so to guard your heart, to spend more time with God and his word is to resist the devil. And to resist the devil is to come near to God. And the promise is this. Did you see the promise in there? You come near to God and he will come near to you. He's just waiting for you. He's just waiting. Come to me. All you who are weary and I will give you rest. All you who are confused and I will give you wisdom. Those are promises found in the Bible directly from God to us. If we just come near to him. And in order to resist the devil and come near to God, we need to eliminate what I'm calling three S's. We're going to go through these pretty quickly as we wrap things up here today. The first S is to strut. Don't strut. You know what strutting is? It's like you think you're all that, right? I got it going on. Right? Look how great I am. You like that, huh, don't you? When we strut, we allow pride and arrogance to consume our heart. And let me tell you something. Jesus said what's in your heart comes out. You have pride and arrogance in your heart. It will be revealed as you strut around, as you strut your stuff. Right? And the more you strut your stuff, the more you're allowing arrogance and pride into your life. And the Bible says this, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. We are called, the Bible teaches us, to practice humility. To put others before ourselves, To not become so self-centered that you lose sight on reality. And it's a problem sometimes. I'm going I'm to speak to myself right now. Sometimes I become so self-centered that I lose sight on reality. 
Can you admit that too? Don't strut. The second S is don't stoop. This is giving in and indulging into what is evil. Standards opposite the heart of God. Romans 12, 21, Paul writes this, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You know, we live in a world where the morals are at an all-time low. Violence and sex and alcohol, drug abuse, dishonesty, um, and overall corruption just reveal this every day in our world. Millions of people have relaxed their moral standards because they're spiritually slack. They're just kind of going with the motions. We've become so extremely self-centered, so extremely self-focused, self-absorbed, that it's caused us to lose sight of truth. And Christ will lift up and restore those who just come near to him. Just come to me, he says. My friends, we can't stoop. Stooping is like, okay, I'm strutting. And now it's like I'm kind of, this seems kind of good. This, what's in this coconut? You know, the monkey's grabbing. That looks kind of good. I'm going to go for that tasty treat. And we stoop into evil. And the Bible tells us the more you stoop, the more power Satan's going to have over you. The more he's going to consume you, the more it's easier to stoop next time. And before you know it, we've lost sight of what's right and wrong. We're called to be light. We're not called to entertain darkness. Finally, don't stop. Don't stop. You know, when I was working in the inner city years ago, I learned a lot of street smarts that, you know, those on the streets taught me. And one of the things they taught me was don't ever stop when you're walking through the streets. This was in New York City and other places around the world. And I was like, why? Because when you stop, you show vulnerability. And you don't want to show vulnerability. Just keep walking. You know, I thought about that and how true that is in our spiritual journey too. We stop and we give Satan a little bit of influence and we show vulnerability. In Psalm chapter 1, it's put this way. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the, with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take their, or sit. I'm sorry, take or sit in the company of mockers. But those who delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. This passage shows how the slow fades happen in our life. We're kind of walking and then we begin to uh, allow ourselves influences around us. We begin to walk with the wrong influences. And before you know it, you're standing with them. You're allowing their influence to then become a part of you and become to influence you in a certain way. And then you sit and their influence becomes your fellowship. Where are you at? Where are you at? You know, in closing, the History Channel has a great show out there called Alone. I don't know if you watched it. It's a it's a truly amazing show where they take these knuckleheads who think they can really do this. They take them to extreme wilderness environments, plop them down by themselves in a five-mile radius with virtually nothing, say, how long can you survive? I'd probably last about two hours. You know, they're out there in extreme cold, extreme conditions, wolves, bears, you name it. And they have nothing. They have to find their food. They have to find how they're going to catch their food. And they have to survive. And here's the most fascinating thing I see about that is these people are so knowledgeable of the wilderness, how the wilderness operates, the order of things in creation, and how to use the resources that in the wilderness for them to survive. My friends, this world is our wilderness. 
We cannot just wing it and go with what feels right, what our cravings are. To survive, you need to understand how the world works, the resources that God has provided you to overcome it. And we can see what God can do. The Bible says in closing, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing will defeat you if you just come near to him. It's time to pursue more. It's time to pursue him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, We just bow before you. And Lord God, in this moment, may we experience all that you have to offer. Lord, it's so easy to get so consumed by the cravings that are within our own heart that we miss out on the reality of you. And Lord God, in this moment, may your spirit just convict us. May your spirit just lead us. And Lord, even though we may not always understand it, Even we may not like it right now. Help us to step towards you. Help us to guard our hearts from the snares of Satan. It's in your name we pray. Amen.